This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success podcast. I am your host, Brett Gilliland. I've got a very exciting guest today on the show. Uh, Most of you that know me personally know that I'm a huge St. Louis Cardinal fan. And so today we have Dr. Jason Selk, who served as the Director of Mental Training for the St. Louis Cardinals. He was instrumental in there winning the 2006 World Series and then again in the 2011 World Series. And for those of you that are big Cardinal fans and uh, remember the 2011 you think about the mental toughness that had to be shown during that comeback. We were down, I think, around 10 games in the month of September. We fight all the way back. We get into the playoffs. We go to the World Series. We were two outs, two strikes, twice in game six to lose the World Series. But David Freeze and Lance Berkman and all the rest of the team dug deep and fought through and came back. And as we all know, in my opinion, the greatest World Series, if not baseball game, in the history of baseball. We go on to win that and then Game 7 to bring home the title in 2011. So Jason has been featured on ABC, CBS, ESPN, and NBC Radio and Television. He's also had a lot of work done in the USA Today, CNBC, Men's Health, and Forbes Magazine. He's the author of three books, 10-Minute Toughness, Executive Toughness, and Organized Tomorrow Today. For those of you that are coaches out there and have kids out there that are playing, he'll mention in this uh, podcast that any really anybody 12 and older really needs to read 10-Minute Toughness and the preparation that it takes uh, in the mental mind to get ready for sports. Um, if you're an executive and need help and want to find that next gear for you to decide where you want to go, Executive Toughness is a great book. They're all on Amazon and other places because they're best-selling books. Today, Dr. Selk works with such clients as professional athletes in the NFL, NHL, NBA, PGA, LPGA, Major League Baseball, and NASCAR. So without any more introduction, let's dive in to my conversation with Dr. Jason Selk. All right, Jason Selk, welcome to the show. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well, Brett. Good to be with you today. Awesome. It's great to have you. I appreciate the time. I know you're a busy man and I uh, really just wanted to get out there and get your message out there today of how you're helping individuals, entrepreneurs, uh, professional athletes, you know, become the best version of themselves and get the most out of life. So why don't you, Jason, maybe give us a little uh, you know, understanding of what you do and how you work with your clients and, and the people you help every single day. Yeah, so really what it seems that people want my help with is developing mental toughness. And, you know, sometimes people say, mental toughness, what the heck is that? I think it's a really good question. Here's my definition of mental toughness. The mind's ability to stay focused on solutions, even in the face of adversity. 
you know, again, I think it's real easy to be mentally tough when you're ahead by three or four runs on the scoreboard. It's when you're down by three or four and you're in the bottom of the ninth inning and there's two outs and two strikes against you. I think that's when you really see it difficult. And unfortunately, I think for a lot of people out there, most people feel like on a daily basis they're in the bottom of the ninth and they're losing on the scoreboard. So I think these days, maybe maybe even more so than where we were 15, 20 years ago, I think people are experiencing adversity more. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I know we spent time together, I don't know if you remember this or not, Jason, but back in September of 2012, I was at a boot camp that you were uh, – that you were a part of. And, and, and in that time, you talked about there's really three types of goals. And so you talked about vision and product and process. Can you explain that a little bit more to our listeners? Yes. So I think it's really important to understand the three different levels. So let's start with the vision goals. Okay. Now, vision goals are what people would commonly refer to as long-term goals. Other language for vision goals might be stretch goals or, you know, Jim Collins really popularized the BHAG or the Big Hairy Audacious Goal. I think one thing that's really important to realize with those vision type goals, first of all, they're result oriented. However, they must be three year or longer time frame. And uh, the second type of goal is something called a product goal. Now, a product goal is a result goal as well, but it's a 12-month or less time frame. And a lot of people make mistakes here confusing the stretch goals or the vision goals with product goals. To give you an example, I've done some research over the last year really trying to identify how people really think about goals. What are the effective goal-setting principles? And what you see, by and large, is the number one most popular approach to result goal-setting is the idea of set it high, hope to get close. I think it's really important for people to recognize it's a very, very counterproductive way of approaching goals. You set the habit of losing. Again, with stretch goals, the, the research on this is very strong. You cannot argue intelligently against this, that with stretch goals, those goals that are really high, they must be three-year or longer time frames. And what you have is most people confusing that with the product goal, or the 12-month or shorter time frame. Now, if I was going to give people advice on product goal setting, it would be to really zero in on one result goal you want to go after in the upcoming 12 months. Just pick one thing. And I think in your industry, uh, oftentimes it's revenue. And I know, um, you know, f- for you guys, a lot of it is combination of insurance and investment. And, and I think that that's fine to just put the two in the same boat tie it up and and call it revenue. I think that's a really smart way to do it because if you start to have two, three, four different product goals, you're really going to compromise your ability to hit any of them. But what we want to do with that one product goal, pick one that's most exciting, 
and then set it realistically high. Now, in your industry, I think realistically high is somewhere between 10 and 20% growth year over year. And again, I think you have some people that would say, yeah, but, but, but I want to grow more than 16% a year or more than 18% a year. And again, here's what I'd tell you. In trying to achieve goals that are unrealistic consistently, consistency is the key here, you really put yourself in a position where you oftentimes you might have a year or two that are big years, but you're also going to have a year or two that you lose, that you don't make growth or even maybe go backwards. Whereas, think of it this way, if you could grow 15, 18% every year, Brett, would you be happy if you could have that 15, 18% every year for the rest of your career? I would take that, absolutely. Most people would. Again, what you do by setting realistically high goals is you form the habit of winning. Whereas the whole set it high, hope to get close, you're forming the opposite. You're forming the habit of losing when it comes to goals. All right, now the third level of goal, which is the most important, is something called a process goal. Here's your definition of process goal. Your three, at most three, most important activities daily that will cause the result goal, the product goal you're going after. Again, you, you have to have three or less there because of channel capacity. Most people are trying to be great at so many things that they compromise their ability to consistently complete or hit their most important things. So this is where your process goals come in. Now, if I was going to give examples of process goals in financial services industry, I'd, I'd tell you here are a couple of common process goals. Number one, making your proactive contacts. And I, you know, it's, it's kind of tough depending on the actual workplace, but if I had to give you an example, I'd say it's probably somewhere around 10 proactive contacts a day. However, not just 10 to whoever might answer the phone. Really start to work toward who are those high net worth clients? You know, in different industries or different companies, they call them different things, whether it be A plus or green, or I just use the language of your elephant clients. So of the 10, how many of those can be elephant clients? Maybe you say two of them are going to be elephants. But really just start to focus on those higher net worth people. Try to prioritize those people. That'd be one process goal. Another process goal might be asking for introductions. And even if you just said, I'm going to ask one time a day the right person the right way for an introduction. That might be another example. The right person, obviously, you want to be asking your higher net worth or your elephant clients for introductions to other elephants. And, and I'd be very specific. Who do you know that I can be helping the same way I'm helping you? Keep in mind, I specialize in helping people who've done well financially just like yourself. So you're asking the right people, you're asking your elephants, and you're let, letting your elephants know that what you're looking for are other elephants. Right. All right th those would be a couple of examples of process goals. And what I'd tell you, it's called the paradox of the product goal. The biggest mistake people are making is they're allowing their mind to focus and evaluate on the result goal much more than they are the process goal. Here's what we know. It's called, again, the paradox of the product goal. The more you focus on the result, 
typically the further you are from achieving it. Reason being, your mind can only fully focus on one thing at a time. I'll tell you a real quick story. So I was working this maybe eight, eight or so years ago as a college quarterback, big time school, national championship implications on the line. This young man, he does a really great job the whole game with just under three minutes to go. His team gets the ball back. They're losing by four points. They drive all the way down the field. They're sitting on the opponent's four-yard line. Coach calls a timeout. Basically, we've got the last play of the game. They score. They win. They keep their national championship hopes alive. They don't score. No chance for a national championship that year. Coach calls timeout. He goes over the sidelines, gets to play, goes back in, calls a play in the huddle, gets his guys up on the line. Looks like the play is the right set against the defense. He snaps the ball, steps back to pass, sees his receiver break open in the end zone, and he fires an interception. His team loses. No chance for a national championship. And I was talking to the young man after the game. I said, what was going on in your head? He said a couple of things. He said, number one, during the timeout, he was really surprised. He said, the coach was looking at me and talking to me, and he had so much confidence. It just seemed like the coach knew we were about to win the game. And then he said, the second thing, during the play, what was going on in my head was, got to score, got to score, don't screw this up. Yep, now, right there. That's right. Got to score, got to score is a perfect example of focusing on the result, on the product. Whereas for this player, you know, one of the things I help players do, people I work with do, is identify during competition, during the day, during your performance. What are the two or three most important things you need to focus on process-wise that will help you cause the results you're looking for? For this player, it's called a performance statement. His performance statement was vision, decision, attack. So he gets up to the line. He needs to, vision is, make sure you got the right play, right defense. That was check. He got that. Decision, when he snapped back, he saw his receiver break open. He made the decision, that's where I'm going with the ball. And then attack, that was the part that was compromised, even just a little bit. And we looked at the tape together, and it was obvious that the throw, he, he was still just a little bit on his back foot. He just didn't throw with the conviction, with that attack mentality that he needed to. And, and at that level, that's the difference between possible national championship or not. You know, and again, the paradox of the product goal, when people get themselves so focused on results, it typically puts them in a position to be further from achieving them because they're not letting their mind focus on what causes the results, which are those process goals. Absolutely. It's very easy. I mean, doing this for 16 years, being in the business, helping people achieve goals, it's very easy to think about the big goal that's out there, not the stuff you got to do every single day to help us get there. So I appreciate you sharing that. Also, one of the things I know you've talked a lot about and uh, help a ton of people with is your mental workout, the 100, sec the 100 seconds to greatness there. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, looking at it from an entrepreneurial standpoint, whether it's a doctor, a business owner, or some guy or gal creating a new business, help us with the mental workout. Yeah, so the mental workout is really what got me started. You know, I, I was preparing for oral examinations for my doctorate. And, uh, you know, if people have been through that, they know it's a 40-hour week of testing basically everything, anything 
you've learned in graduate school. And so really, it, it's um, pretty intense to say the least, and it's somewhat overwhelming. So I was I was preparing. The only room I had that I could get all the books and notes set out, I could find in my house, was out of my deck. So I'm out of my deck. Got all these books around me, all these textbooks and practical guides and notes, and you know, again, I'm trying to absorb it all. And I have this thought of, okay, you know, I've been in school my whole life, and I'm about to get out of school. You can't go any further. So I'm I'm at the end of the line here. I need to go out and now get a return on the investment. And I started thinking, well. I don't really remember them covering this in class. You know, how am I going to go out and turn this knowledge into actual income and, and get a high return on everything I've spent time and money? So I started thinking to myself, okay, so what, what really do I have to sell? And I thought, well, I think for me it's mental toughness. I thought, well, what is mental toughness? I said, well, I don't really know actually what mental toughness is. So what's physical toughness? I said, well, physical toughness is, you know, you go to a trainer, the trainer gives you three sets of this, four sets of that, and if you do these exercises, your body's going to respond, and then if you're out on the football field going head-to-head, -head, or if you're in the weight room, or if you're running sprints, you're going to have a better chance of outperforming the competition. I said, okay, so that's what physical toughness is. Well, I knew the brain was a muscle just like the, the bicep, so why not give people the equivalent? You know, the do three sets of this, two sets of that, and if you do it, you can't stop but help your brain from becoming more focused, confident, stronger than the people you compete against so that you'll be just a little bit sharper whether it be in the business world or on the baseball mound or on the football field wouldn't really matter and I in about a 45 minute period of time I put together this mental workout and it just so happened one of my best friends played for the Houston Astros and so I called him up and I said hey I think I just came across something really pretty good here. Will you try this? And took, you know, we were on the phone for an hour or so, and I walked him through, and it just so happened he went from being in a slump to having maybe the best three, four, five weeks of his career. And in that time, he told players in Major League Baseball, the NFL, NHL, went to NASCAR. You know, I had all kinds of professional athletes calling me then, asking them, for help with the mental workout. And I, you know, I wasn't even out of graduate school yet. I was still trying to finish up my degree. But it was, it was great because I went from being a graduate student to probably one of the top sports psychology consultants in the world because of the mental workout. And the reason being, mental workout just flat out works. If you do it, it's all totally based on science. It, it really will put you in a position where you're going to have an edge inconsistency and that mental toughness against your competition. Now for the professional athletes I work with it it's a three minute and 40 second process. For the people in the business world it's a one minute and 40 second process. The reason it's shorter for us in the business world the professional athletes they need to visualize for three full minutes so that we can scientifically impact muscle memory. Well in the business world we don't need muscle memory so it, it's much shorter and again it, it really is something that it's going to put you in a position to be more mentally ready more mentally focused for whatever performance you have in front of you and i'll walk you through just real quick there are five tools in the mental workout the the first step is a centering breath and 
you just basically breathe in for six, hold for two seconds, breathe out for seven. In doing so, you biologically are going to control your heart rate. And we know that it's very normal when people go into performance. So anytime you're making a proactive contact or a, going into a meeting with a client, it's, that's our equivalent of performance, it's really normal for our heart rates to accelerate. When the heart rate accelerates, the brain begins to disable itself, goes back to fight or flight, but you lose the ability for detailed thinking, and that's just not a good thing. So take that centering breath. It controls the heart rate. Make sure the brain's going to work at its optimal level. After you take the centering breath, then you, in your head, you just repeat to yourself an identity statement. An identity statement is really a personal mantra that gets you focused on your strengths instead of normal people, they start talking to themselves and it usually has a negative slant. Well, when you talk to yourself in a negative way about yourself, it's going to undermine self-confidence. And we know self-confidence is the number one variable for performance. So we're going to come up with a kind of a preconceived self-talk statement, a personal mantra, if you will. It's called an identity statement that really helps us with our self-confidence. So for example, uh, I'll give you uh, the identity statement I currently use. I outwork the competition every day. I am the most effective performance coach in the country. I experience true love as a husband and father. You know, and again, it's short and it's sweet and it gets me focused on my strengths and what I need to do to give myself an edge on the competition. So I and, and do you start your day with this or I mean, when are you doing it or how many yeah, times no, a day? I, I tell you 90% of the people do them in the morning. I don't know why, but even when I was a kid, I used to do some of this mental work without knowing, you know, the names or the why. But um, I used to do this stuff when I was a kid, just as as a way of getting myself to sleep. So I've always done mine in the evening. But I tell you, ninety percent of the people do them in the mornings. You know, and I I think the easiest time is you wake up and kind of in that 15-30 minutes when things are still moving kind of slow. Now, if you're a person that wakes up at the last possible minute, that's not going to work for you. But most successful people are getting up with a little time to collect their thoughts and so forth. You might think about doing it right there when the house is still quiet and things are still peaceful before things start getting crazy. But the, the key is just finding a time that you'll do it. You know, I'm not going to worry about perfection. What's the perfect time to do it? Just, just try to find a time to do it. So again, you repeat the identity statement to yourself. And then we're going to do the third tool, which is it's called the personal highlight reel. It, it's really just 60 seconds of visualization. The first 30 seconds, something called vision of self-image. I want you to visualize who and how you want your life to be specifically five years from now. And then I want you to take 30 seconds and I want you to think through just the upcoming 24 hours. What are some of the important things that are going to happen in the upcoming 24 hours? And then specifically, how do you want to perform in those important meetings, proactive contacts, discussions? You know, I, I certainly I just kind of go through that upcoming day and I picture what time am I going to wake up? When am I getting my workout? Having high intensity start strong, stay strong, finish strong with all my client coaching meetings, getting home at the right time, making good choices with my food, you know, and, and seeing myself with great energy as a husband and father at home and then picture myself getting to bed at the right time, hitting my lights out curfew. 
so I, I again I spend 60 seconds there visualizing first 30 seconds who and how I want my life to be in five years and then 30 seconds on okay if I'm gonna get to that place in five years what, what, what are some of the wins I need to experience in the upcoming 24 hours after I complete the personal highlight reel the visualization I just again in my head say the identity statement again same thing as as what I just did so I'm saying it twice to myself and then so step two and four are the same yep and then step five is the same as step one I just take another centering breath and away we go now again I know I just worked through that very very quickly it's in in my first book 10 minute toughness and again 10 minute toughness really written for professional athletes or people trying to be and for coaches 10 minute toughness is going to outline that mental workout for the three minute and 40 second process for the athlete in mind my second book executive toughness it's going to be the minute and 40 second for the business people and then in my third book organize tomorrow today there's another version of it it's even a little bit more stripped down a little bit more simple than even what i walked through right there so and all those for our listeners, you can find those on Amazon. Yeah, they're all three bestsellers. You won't have any trouble finding them. Or you can even find, I know there's some videos on my website where I might give a little bit more detail. Uh, the website and all the books are on there as well, jasonselk.com. You can find that stuff uh, if you want more information that mental workout. But again, it's one of those things that it really has, it, it, if I had to say what's the number one thing I've done in my career, the mental workout has been the, the biggest boost to my career just for the mere fact that if you do it you will see results it will help you to become more mentally tough more focused more ready to attack the day I like it well thanks for sharing that that's great let me ask you a question just uh, I like to get to know our uh, our guests and so one of my favorite questions I give you ten million dollars today so I'm not gonna do that don't hold me to it Jason but if I give you ten million dollars today how does that change your life what's life look like for Jason Selk? what are you doing well, the first thing I'd do is I'd give, I'd probably give a million of it to a couple of different charities and some different people that I've, I've tried to focus on. But then I'd have some fun, Brad. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'd probably take 100000 of that, and I'd invite my closest friends and family, and we'd go have a three-, four-, seven-day party down in Las Vegas or somewhere real fun for a while. Like and like then it. what I'd do is I'd probably take another $2 million and I'd invest it in a business. And the business, I would have my friends and family come work in the business. And people would make a very fair, honest wage, but also have some partnership. And so they'd give me a chance to hopefully give back to people who wanted to be, you know, participate and have an opportunity to work together and, and do something with uh, a new business idea. And then I'd probably take, again, four or five, six million and put it in the bank, make sure that my family, my kids were taken care of and... That would be the case for some time uh, to go. That's what I'd do with $10 million. Well, I love it. I hear, you know, successful people, you know, you, you hear that and you ask that question. And very rarely do I ever hear somebody say, I'm just going to retire and go sit on the beach, right? I mean, could you imagine doing nothing? You're a young guy. And so I, I like the fact you're going to invest in a business or an entrepreneur. I love that. So what's your game changer this year, Jason? What, what is it you focus on? How do you keep your inspiration, your, your motivation every single day? And what's your game changer for 2017? So one of the things I'm really sensitive to, and, and if I had to say my game changer for 2016, what I really look for, I don't know that I call it a game changer as much as what's the number one thing I can learn each year. The number one thing I learned in 2016 was the importance of respecting channel capacity. 
Okay, and let me just talk on it for a minute and then I'll answer your question of what I'm going to do with this information. But most people, channel capacity is the bandwidth of our brain. It's biological. And most people are trying to overload channel capacity. And here's what you'll find. Most people are trying to focus on or be great at so many different things that they're compromising their ability to be great at their two or three most important things. Think of it like this, that your, your brain, kind of like on your phone, you know on your phone you've got your photo album. And on your phone you take enough photos and then your album fills up and then what happens when you try to take another photo, the phone says to you, your, your album is full, you must go in and delete some photos. Well, it's the same thing for your brain. And I'd tell you, I think most people out there today, our photo albums, our, our capacity, our bandwidth, that channel capacity of our minds, we're full. So you've got as many photos as can go in. But the difference between your phone and your brain is, now when new information comes in, you're deleting information and it's random. You don't get to decide what information you forget about or that you lose the ability to stay focused on. And so what I'm trying to do in 2017 is again just stay very, very focused on what my most important priorities are and what those process goals are for achieving those most important priorities. I give myself three priorities, and I outline this very clearly in Executive Toughness, the second book. I give myself three priorities. For me, it happens to be in this order. My relationship with my wife and kids, my career, and then my personal health. And I'm not saying that's the right order, I'm just saying that's my order. Everybody has to figure it out for themselves what their priorities are. For each priority, I give myself one result goal per year to go after. And then for each one result or product goal, I get up to three, two or three different process goals. And my game changer, if you will, for 2017 is insulate myself, protect myself to a point where I'm not losing the focus on those most important things. I'm saying no to a lot of things. I'm saying yes on a daily basis first to what's most important, meaning I win the day early. Every day I get in there and I try to get my process goals done as early as possible. And then with whatever time I have left, I'll do the best I can getting the rest of it done. But this is one thing, and I... I wrote this. This is my favorite quote from my third book. This is one thing I learned a long time ago about highly successful people. Highly successful people never get it all done in any one given day. But what they always do is get their most important things done each and every day. And I'm just, again, I, I reconfirmed my, my thoughts on this, what I experienced with other people. I know what the science says. In 2016, I realized that people are trying to cheat channel capacity more than they did in 2015. And I'm not going to be guilty of that. I'm going to respect channel capacity. I'm going to keep what's most important, most important. And every day, I'm going to attack those most important activities each day that will give me success in those most important priorities. That's phenomenal. 
That's great. And I guess one of the last questions here, I know we're running out of time, but how do you push through your struggles? So, you know, a lot of people like to talk about their success when they come on podcasts and all the things that are going well, but we all have struggles every single day, right? And so how does Jason sell? How do you battle through those? How do you push through those struggles? Yeah, I think three things. Number one, I really try to keep what's called a RSF or relentless solution focused mindset. You know, I, I realize that anytime I have a problem, I have a choice. I can focus on the problem or I can very quickly get my mind to focus on what's one thing I can do to make it better. That's one thing. And I think I've, I've become very, very good at that, that I will not allow myself to focus on a problem. And, and I'd like to say 10, 20 seconds maximum. Second thing, I know that those mental workouts are really important. You know, on a daily basis, I'm sure, you know, people out there can listen to this, that, you know, hitting those process goals on a daily basis, you can have a great mindset about it. And I feel like I do. I really have purpose. I really believe in what I do. But some days it's just going to be a grind and you have to fight through that. And I know the mental workout, when I visualize myself in the upcoming day, I always picture myself with the positive attitude, reminding myself of why I'm doing this, why it's so important. And I also see myself just on those days where it is a grind, I'm just still going to fight it out. I'm not going to give my, myself permission to feel sorry for myself or quit on people or give people less than my absolute best. So the mental workouts also very help, helpful because I think it trains my mind. It really prepares my mind to fight through any adversity that I might feel. And then the third thing, on a daily basis, I'm evaluating, you know, I think self-evaluation is, if not the, it's got to be one of the absolute most important patterns of highly successful people to, to evaluate yourself correctly, though. So what I do on a daily basis, I, I write down on paper, what are three things I did well in the previous 24 hours? What's the one thing I want to improve? And then I come up with a strategy. Okay, so what's the one thing I can do or change to help make the improvement? So I, I really try to keep myself, even if it's just an inch a day, making improvements. And I think all those things combined really kind of help me stay positive and work through those tough days that everybody does experience. Well, that's great. Jason, I appreciate your time. I appreciate, you know, when you're respecting your channel capacity that you didn't say no when I called. So I appreciate you being with me today. I know you're a busy man and uh, really appreciate the time. Where can our listeners find uh, more about Jason Selk? I know you mentioned jasonselk.com, S-E-L-K, jasonselk.com. Your books, the three books are on Amazon, bestsellers, phenomenal books for anybody listening out there. You need a good book. All three of these are great books. Where else can they find you? Are you a social media guy? No, yeah, you know, I, I, we, we do have a presence, but again, uh, channel capacity. I write the content, and my people, they post the stuff. So I, I, would, I would tell you I'm not personally on there. I know my words are on there. Uh, my, my people post, I think, one little tidbit a day. That's what, what we've decided to do. And I think we're probably on all the outlets, but I'd be lying to you if I told you that I knew uh, from a any level of expertise where and, and what those social media outlets were. But yeah, I'm sure there's information there. I, I'd tell people if you're an athlete and you're trying to get mentally tough, you're trying to get a mental training plan, 10 Minute Toughness, my first book, absolutely, I think it's still, and you'd have a lot of professional athletes echo this, the top mental training plan in existence. 
That book's on pace to be one of the best-selling sports psychology books of all time for a wow. reason. It's very practical and it works. You realize? Do you think a high school kid should read that? High Absolutely. school, college, okay. any twelve and older. Twelve and older is really kind of, you know. And if you're twelve, thirteen, fourteen, maybe the parent read it with you. But absolutely, uh, you start getting up there, you have to be able to master the mental game, especially as competitive and specialized as athletics have become. Uh, if you're a business person and you're really kind of looking for an executive coaching plan, the executive coaching plan that I use and people pay me significant amounts of money that they could just get the same plan from the $14, $15 book, Executive Toughness. It's comprehensive, you know, chapter one, all the way through chapter 10, it's really kind of a, this is what the highly successful people are doing mentally to get themselves to and stay on top. And then my third book is really, I think, and I wrote this with my good friend Tom Bartow, it's, it's a very practical and easy read. I wouldn't say the first two are easy reads. Organize Tomorrow Today is an easy read. You could just read one chapter and the second chapter, you didn't even have to read the first chapter. And I think what you'll see is, Pick one chapter, and if you get all over one chapter, that one thing you're going to be able to take and apply into your life. It's very practical, easily digestible, and understandable information. So I'd say if you're just kind of looking for a, a tool here or there to make some improvements, Organize Tomorrow Today would be the best book for you. Obviously, they're all three on my website, jasonselk.com, Amazon, or any of the bookstores should have them as well. Great. Well, thanks for your time, Dr. Jason Selk. I greatly appreciate it. I know our listeners will get a lot from this. So you have a great uh, rest of your day. Well, thanks for listening to the Circuit of Success podcast with Jason Selk. It was my pleasure to bring that to you. And uh, hopefully you got as much out of that as I did. I know I took a lot of notes. Um, you know, we, to recap, we talked about the types of goals, the vision goals that are out there long-term, three years or more, the product goals. Those are short-term, you know, one per year and one year or less is really how long those goals last. And then the process goals. What's the three most important daily activities that are going to allow you to form the habit of winning? We went through his five steps of mental workout, you know, the center breathing, the identity statement, his personal highlight reel. Uh, I know for me, those are, are very helpful uh, in my day and uh, in my success. And so I hope that you uh, really look at those and, and whether it's from the book or from this podcast, Really get clear on what it is that you want to accomplish and what's your identity statement. And then that respecting your channel capacity. I think we all know when we look at our iPhones and that frustrating comment that comes up when you can't take any more pictures. Uh, if you're like me, I think we feel that a lot in our personal lives as well. It's kind of the recalibrating, that little circle on the phone that you see that can go on in our lives. And so I hope you got a lot today from the podcast. And again, you can find more from Dr. Jason Selk at jasonselk.com. Uh, go there, watch his videos. He's got a lot of great YouTube videos as well for those of you that want to go there and learn more uh, than even what you learned today. So again, uh, if you can, uh, go on, rate the show, um, subscribe to the show, uh, be a part of our family, and uh, really just want to continue to give back to all of our listeners out there. So if you have any guests that you think would be great that you want to hear from, please let me and my team know. We'll be happy to get them set up and get them on the show. But continue to have success in your life, and I look forward to you as a guest on the next Circuit of Success podcast. Tune in next week for another episode of the Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the LineUpMedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes 
Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.